Hey everybody, thank you so much for joining me for another episode of 10 Minute Tuesday. If you haven't already, please like, share, and subscribe. Uh, I got my guy Stuart on here. Stuart, what's going on, bro? Thank you. What's good, bro? Good to see you, man. Happy to be here. Man, it's been, what, a year since we've seen each other at the uh, Alteryx conference? Alteryx sales kickoff, yeah. Been exactly yeah. a year. I remember you, we were out in Anaheim, and you had to hit the Lakers game. Had to. <laughs> yeah, I had to do it. Walking boot and all. Recovery. Walking had to, boot and yeah. all. <laughs> I was on the injury reserve, on the IR. So yeah. I'm, LA. I'm, going, I'm going to Staples or crypto or whatever it's called now. For sure. Had to be there. It's been a while, bro. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, man, appreciate you hopping on 10 Minute Tuesday. Uh, we've done sure. a number of these. So, Stuart, go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, man. So, uh, Stuart Zellers, um, I am a senior manager at Plant Moran. Um, it's an audit tax and consulting firm. Uh, I am in our data analytics or business analytics practice. I lead our manufacturing and distribution as well as our services vertical, right? So, it's kind of one half of what we call our commercial analytics team. Um, I'm I'm in Detroit now. Uh, my firm is headquartered in Southfield, Michigan, uh, but I was born and raised in Georgia, Augusta, Georgia, went to UGA for undergrad, moved up to Detroit actually to teach high school math, um, realized very quickly <laughs> that wasn't for me, uh, and um, pivoted into a uh, database, a SQL database developer role, right? Then I went uh, to University of Michigan for my master's uh, in statistics, and then I've been at Plant Moran since I graduated from there. So. I help people solve problems with data, very similar to you, my guy. So happy to happy to talk through that and, and looking forward to this conversation. Oh man, yeah, that's that's awesome. That's a one a fantastic thing that you started out in math and then pivoted to really SQL. So you know, yeah. want to you know kind of dive into that a little bit more. So understand that you started in math, but then you moved to SQL. You know, sure. what what really compels you to get into data? What made you want to go the SQL route versus another route? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's a good question, man. I think I got I to gotta step back just a little bit, right? So um, high school, I loved economics. Like AP economics was my jam, right? I just knew, it's like, well, I knew I was going to be a world-famous economist. I knew I was going to go, you know, creme de la creme, London School of Economics, everything, right? That was my path, right? Academia, I thought, was my path. I got to UGA, took an econometrics class, and I was like, yo, this... Uh, Linear regression, why have I never heard of this, right? I didn't, never heard of it, never heard of predictive analytics or predictive modeling or anything. And I was I was looking around in my classroom, I remember distinctly thinking, hey, y'all, are y'all hearing what the professor's talking about? Like, we can predict the future, <laughs> right? Like, we can, <laughs> we can we can tell people what's going to happen with a certain level of certainty. Like, that's, how is that not everything to y'all, right? And so, started off pure econ, added stats after my econometrics class, um, and then, uh, actually, at UGA, took an alternative spring break trip. Um, one because I was broke. <laughs> spring break was not happening for the kid. But I took an alternative spring break trip to Detroit, Michigan, my freshman year, right? And so our our focus was education. So I remember going into um, a classroom. Actually, that is funny. Life comes full circle. That that middle school that I was volunteering at is down the street from my house. So um, volunteered there, and I was like, I'm gonna be in Detroit after I graduate like that this is the city for me I'm gonna get here I love it it's gritty it's grimy um it's very much a it's black right like that was very powerful for me at that point in my life and it still is today so I was like whatever it takes to get there I'm gonna get there so I did um, I applied to Teach for America and got assigned to Detroit the running joke was you put Detroit anywhere in your top 10 you're getting Detroit right Detroit was my number one 
So there was no question. I don't even think, I really don't think they looked at the app, right? They saw like math, Detroit, good, right? Yeah. You're all set. Um, so I got here and I started full-time teaching and I'm 22, you know, eyes wide open, rose colored glasses. I'm going to teach. I'm going to do my thing. Not my thing, right? So loved communicating ideas to students, loved all of that. Didn't love the environment in terms of like the bureaucracy, didn't love the politics, like was not for me, was not in a good place mentally. So I was like, hey, I have to pivot. And I knew I had my degree in statistics, my degree in economics. Let me just find something that works for me, right? Whatever, whoever's gonna call me back, that's where I'm gonna go. So I applied to a bunch of places. Place that called me, called me back was a research firm that was looking for an intro SQL developer. So I did what everybody does, right? I did my Googling. I had some SQL, I had some, um, I had some SAS background from undergrad back then. SAS is an old software that nobody watching this 10 minute Tuesday probably uses anymore, but I, I cut my teeth in SAS. I knew a little proxy SQL. I was like, okay, I got it right. Got to the SQL developer job, interview well, started there, left teaching halfway through the school year and started that role. And I remember you'll, you'll enjoy this. My, my manager was like, hey, can you write this? Can you pull this data for me from this database? I just want to see, you know, top so-and-so by customer or by client, right? When I tell you it took me all day yeah. to write oh, a yeah. group by. Oh, yeah, bro. <laughs> all day to write, to write a simple group by. And I, I look back at that and, you know, that's how, that's what your question was, how did I get into that? It was really, you know, I won't say happenstance, but it really was, you know, an opportunity that I had to take for my mental health. But then that experience kind of reflecting kind of shaped how I think about managing people because he gave me so much grace. He could have realized very quickly how fraudulent I was, right? As opposed in that moment, as opposed to the potential I had for the role, right? So for him to give me that leeway to not trip, to really develop me and, and help me grow that skill set was really, really important in my professional development, right? So that's another part of the conversation I'm sure we'll get to, but how I got in the sequel was I have to get out of this job. Yeah. I need to get into something that's more suited to my skill set, to my statistics and econ background. And that was the opportunity that was there. So I had to go for it. Dude, that's like super fascinating and really cool. Um, honestly, yeah. Yeah, you went one path, started teaching and, you know, it was like, whoa, let me quickly pivot. Right. and do something else and you know something that stood out with me as you was talking is like you went to detroit because it was like really black and mm -hmm. i've always i've only been in detroit just for like a layover and like one of my sure. frat brothers like you know show me around the city like i saw the lake i saw canada i was like okay cool that's yeah, what yeah. i know about detroit you know yeah, but i heard about the, w, right? yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but i heard about yeah. the tech scene so really want to know from your experience and this is going a little bit off script but from your sure. experience how has the tech scene really blown up since you've been yeah. there to where it is now yeah, I think I think the explosion of the tech scene is one of the more recent kind of developments, right? In in Detroit's rich history as a city, um, I, there have been several, um, not not just tech, but like private equity, VC, right? Outside of the Bay, outside of the West Coast, like Detroit is popping, right? Yeah. Like we have VC conferences that you know vendors as well as folks who are looking for that capital investment attend. There was just one recently. My wife actually went to it. Um, you know, as a, as an attorney, just to kind of sit, you know, see the lay of the land with her starting her own firm. Right. So, um, it's really fascinating because I think back to when we moved up here in 2013, right. So 11 years ago now, completely different, right. It was, it was almost, um, it was, it was everything that people had described about the city, 
right? It's, it's, you know, it's dirty, it's ghosts, like, no, nothing's happening. Like the people who are here have always been here. And I never, I never, I never thought that, right? I thought, you know, instead of complacency, it was resiliency. And, and, and I like to say really, your question is about the tech scene. And I think, I think that's the transform, the transformation of the city is indicative of, it's kind of a microcosm of a bigger picture of like how Detroit has um, stayed itself, but kind of reimagined in a, in a way what it, what it could be. Um, I think the, the influx of, of, of interest and the influx of people who are coming to the city, the, the, the opportunities that are coming to the city are very, very fascinating. Um, but on the other, on, on the other side of that coin is, you know, what about folks who have always been here, right? What about the folks who kind of, not kind of the folks who stayed here and, and held it down, right. For a, a lack of a better, better phrase for the city, like the city is still very much, um, I don't, I don't think people have gotten their flowers like they should have, yeah. right. For folks who were born and bred, born and raised here and stayed here and, and did what they had to do to make sure the city didn't completely collapse. Right. Yeah. Like it was, it was bad times. So although, although kind of the new life, right. That is being, um, breathed into the city, breathed into the scene is very, very interesting. Um, and it's, and it's, it provides opportunity for folks like us, right. Who are in technology, um, who are at the intersection of being black in tech, yeah. right. Or being black yeah. in data. Right. Um, but I think there's a, there still needs to be a concentrated effort and, um, fulfilling kind of paying, paying the debt that's owed to the folks who kind of held it down. Yeah, no, that's, that's like really fascinating because like, like I said, I got friends from Detroit and they, you know, like you can just tell a Detroit person, like their mannerisms yeah. <laughs> the way they walk. Like you just tell they're from Detroit yeah. and no, the, the pride that they have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's insane. It's, it's super crazy. So that was, that's one thing. I've just been reading like current events and everything about mm -hmm. like Detroit and like you said, investment and even just different things yeah. that are going on there. So I um, appreciate you asking, answering that question. Uh, but sure. moving on, sure. you know, Thinking about your journey, you know, what would you what would you consider your biggest failure, and what did you learn from that experience? Biggest failure was quitting my teaching job, easily, right? Um, it's something that uh, I've been reflecting on recently. Um, biggest failure in my in my mind uh, is is leaving that role and, and leaving my kids halfway through the school year, right? Like that, like that was deeply personal. It was deeply um, humbling in terms of uh, you know who I thought I was and who I thought I could be, right? At that at that point in time. And I've actually, you know, it's funny, you, I saw the question that you, the questions that you sent over and I was like that, I've been getting asked this a lot lately, right? And it's, it's been the same answer. So it's really kind of um, influenced that reflection period of, okay, in that moment, yes, it was a failure, right? Like I, I'd never quit anything in my life, right? Like I'd never say, like, you know, everything is already, I won't say come easy, but like everything's been pretty good, right? Like, yeah went to college like college has been good like yeah okay like life is good like i wanted tfa i got it like okay life is good right and, and so you just have it in your mind that i can't fail right and and you don't even know how to comprehend it and i'm not i don't mean to sound arrogant but at that point like you get to where you are because you haven't had that you haven't had many of those experiences or at least i hadn't right life had been hard but i didn't, I didn't fail. right right um and you know, that was, that was tough, but it taught me as I reflect on it, it's like, it's okay. It's okay to quit stuff. That's not for you. Right. Like why? Sure. You can grow from, you can grow from opportunities or experiences that are challenging. I'm not saying quit everything that's challenging, but if you know, I knew I wasn't going to be a lifelong educator. 
I knew I wasn't in the space to be what my students needed me to be. I knew I wasn't in the space to be what I needed me to be. I had to go. Yeah. Right. And so, um, as I think about it now, you know, 10 years later, much more mature, much, many more experiences. Um, it's not necessarily a failure anymore, at least right in this present moment. Like it's more so that you tried it, you did it, you did the best you could, you know what I mean? Grow from that, learn from that, but it's okay to move on, right? It's okay to, it's okay to quit things that aren't for you, that aren't going to really be, you know, doesn't allow you to be who you really should be. Um, and so um, the power in saying no, I think, is and saying no to yourself, right, to, to the inner, that inner voice in your head, like, no, nah, Stu, you got to go. Yeah. It's okay. Right? Like, I learned that. And I'm, I say no all the time now. Yeah, yeah. But, and it, it creates space for things like this, where it's like, yes, of course, like, I'll come to 10 minutes and say, like, I'll say no to other things. Right. Right. But now, now I'm really kind of stepping into the space where I need to be in, and saying no allows you to do that. Yeah. I think that's like really, you know, spot on with a lot of people that I've talked to the um, ability of not that internal feeling initially of failure, right? It's I right. feel like I did this and oh my God, I can't believe this because this is not like me or dang, right. you know, that reflection point. But then as you get older, like you said, you know, it's easier to look back and be like, no, I didn't fail. It just wasn't for me. And so mm -hmm. the the growth and the viewpoint of it is is such a fascinating thing. I know I've definitely had it like, a million yeah. times where you know you look back at something and in that moment like you said right just stuff i won't say it comes easily but it's, stuff clicks right yeah, we're in our movie yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> if i work hard enough I'll yeah figure it out, yeah right? I, and, yeah and and when you get to that point where you're working as hard as you possibly can and it's not clicking yeah right it's just not coming to fruition like it always has it, it becomes you know um it becomes a crisis yeah <laughs> like, you know like it, yeah. becomes, it becomes it becomes a big sticking point and it's just you know it's just, it's something you have to work through because it's going to happen yeah, yeah. whether yeah. it's like now or later but that's like definitely like later, the though. hardest part of the journey is like but you gotta go through it because you have to grow through it absolutely yeah absolutely man no no question about it all right so Stuart, thinking about you know someone who's just starting their career in data mm -hmm. you know what is one piece of advice you give someone who's just starting out um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a good question. And it's a question I give like our interns and our new hires, right. Who are either interviewing and they say, Hey, what's one piece of advice, or they're just starting, um, especially in data, like you've got to be comfortable with feedback, right? Like you and I both know, you may think, you know, that power BI dashboard is the dopest, most clean, like, boom, it's interactive, right? I got bookmarks dude. I got links, right? Like I'm, I got I got pages and click throughs and I got all these other things. But like somebody, you know, your partner will say, why do you have decimals on a million dollars? Right. Like why? You know what I mean? It's like, damn, that's what they saw. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. But I think I think um, coming straight out of college or straight out of university, feedback is tough because that means in, ac in academia, that means you're wrong. Right. Like but in in a professional space and data, that means you're growing. So I think. I like to say switch that mindset like what really and it, it sounds cliche because and, and cliches are true because they're you know a lot of the times because that's why they're cliches but being able to switch from damn Stuart really he thought that was really wrong to okay Stuart's giving me this feedback because he wants me to be a better analytics professional or he wants me to be a better you know consultant as yeah. opposed to he's coming at it from a place of 
malice or ill intent. And I, if you have a good manager, if you have a good team, if you're at a good place, feedback is going to happen. I still, I get feedback all the time, right? Like what power BI example is not a, you know, um, nebulous example from a consultant that I work with, like power BI that happened to me last week. Yeah. I was like, it's like, I know this though. Like, like why, why did I do that? Right. It's just one of those things like being okay with it, getting that feedback getting the red lines and just understanding that if you're at the right places from a place of growth, that mindset is important. Um, because we're always, always growing. I mean, you and I were talking before we started recording, right? Microsoft Fabric, like understanding new tools, understanding new market trends, understanding understanding where the industry is going, right? That requires getting that feedback, either that self-reflection of, okay, I need to get better at this. I need to understand this. That's what you and I were talking about. Or, um, you know, you're getting that feedback from your supervisor, from your partner, from whoever, and, and it's it's really just for your development. Because without yeah. it, what's the point? What, like, what are we doing here? Yeah. You know what I mean? If I if, if you're not here to grow, here to learn, here to become better as a professional, you're missing out, right? You need to worry if people aren't giving you feedback. Yeah, no, seriously. Yeah, it's like you can't be a consultant, developer, manager, or any anything, right? You can't grow without right. it. And like, definitely, if you're starting now, you better get some. Thick skin's a bad word, but you got to be able to be able to yeah. take it, like you know. And it's, yeah, and it I comes from a good place. It should. It should come from a it good should, place. It should. And I think that's the onus. That onus is on managers and like directors and supervisors to make sure that you're communicating it in a way that yeah. it is coming from a good place, right. right? Like you can't say that sucked. Yeah. And just leave it. Yeah. Like, all right. Walk me through your process. Okay. Cool. Here's what I would do. Here's why. Right. And I think explaining that why to young professionals who are just starting out makes it more realistic because they're just used to getting, you know, X on a paper, right. Or X on a, on a, a problem set or whatever it is. Like they don't get any explanation or any kind of follow-up feedback on why that was wrong. They just know it's wrong. So if you start off with that's wrong, you know, they're, yeah. they internalize that a lot of people do. I don't want to generalize too much, but a lot of folks will internalize that and it'll trigger things that have happened when they were in college. Right. right? And like, this is not college, right. There is no, you and I both know there is no answer key anymore, right? Like, no. <laughs> it is it is like good and then it's always gonna be better and then better and better and better. And there's no like hundred percent is not gonna happen. Yeah. Right. Like there's always something to to redo. You just have to be you have to have managers who are equipped to give that feedback. And you have to have, you know, developers or consultants or folks under you who are um, prepared to receive that feedback because you've had that open line of communication. That's great advice, man. If y'all listening. Save that one. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, Stuart, tell me about the most influential people in your life and how they made an impact on you. Yeah. So this is this is the question I was concerned about because I'm like, damn, this is a this is a big question, um, and I think it shifts as I, um, you know, as you grow and as you as you live a little longer, right? So, growing up, easily my mother, right? Like, no doubt, right? Um, single mom had me in 19. I, I look at like how old I am. Bro, uh, with with a kid who would be thirteen now, are you joking? Right? Like, like are you serious? Right. Um, so, I mean, the the grit, right? The the grind it out, the do what you have to do to make it, right? Like that, that really was inspiring to me, and and it's hard for me to complain about things, right? When I when I when I kind of think back to, um, to her sacrifices, um, and you know. Tangentially, right, my aunts, my grandmother, um, really that village concept, right, everybody around me, um, 
and then, you know, as I look at like college and, um, you know, kind of coming of age as a, as a, as a, as a young man, right. I look at, you know, folks who were like, if I'm a freshman in college, I'm looking at seniors in college, like, wow, these guys are really, really locked in. These guys are guys and, and girls are really dialed in. Right. Like in terms of, wow, that's who, that's really who influenced kind of, you know, my style, my, you know, what I, you know, what I talked about, like what I was listening to, like who I was really trying to be like those, um, I wouldn't call them peers just yet because they had this aura of like big brother, big sister type of deal. Um, those, those folks were really, really important to me. Right. Um, and, and how they shaped kind of how I kind of grew at that point. And now, and when I say now, I mean, kind of after college to now, it's really my peers, right? Like it's really folks like you, my boys that are in the group chat, right? Like these are, you know, my wife, like these are people who my contemporaries that I look up to, and want to have like the shared success together right so i think but like i said it, it changes over time right now um my peers and probably you know my my partners at my firm in terms of like how we go about our business but on a more personal level it's definitely my friends man because like when you can share those joys together like i got i told you my wife started her own firm yeah. like that is that is that is incredibly impressive to me like that takes a lot of gusto um, I got friends who are in medical school and in residency, like that's incredible. You know, friends who are at the, at the big tech companies, like all these kind of people that I've known for a long time, I've grown up with in a sense um, to see us all kind of share the same type of success as well as the same challenges. Like they influence how I think about things, right? I can go to them and, and say, yo, like today was actually really bad. Here's why, or this was crazy. What do you guys think? Or, or Kalisa, like, that was nuts. Like, what do I do here? And be able to say, like, what do I do here? Or, like, how do I handle this in a way that's vulnerable and open? Like, if that's not, if you don't do that with people who are influential to you, like, who do you do it with? Right. right? So for me, it's changed, man. But for right now, I would say, like, my peers, um, my contemporaries on a personal level, and then, like, the folks that I that I work with and work for at my firm. Hey man, that's that's dope, man. Definitely gotta give a shout out to moms. What up, moms? Aunts, sure. everybody. Um, <laughs> everybody, man. Um, and then the friend group, man. Like, I, I, I'm gonna paraphrase it, but it's like, show me your friends, and I will show you who you are. Like, okay. I think that's like super, like spot on with you know as you rise and everything. And it's just like you, right? You're top of the class. You mentioned all these people, but you, you know, you're a dog. Like, you do everything great and. Um, pressure <laughs> yeah. as well. So, trying, you know, trying, <laughs> I have my days, you know, both yeah. ways. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We all yeah. do. We all do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, shout out to my friends. I'm going to take some of your thunder, man. What up, Preston Joe? What up, Joe? What up, Nate? I'm going to shout y'all out nice. real quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But man, this this was awesome. Stuart, man, appreciate you taking time out. Where can listeners find you at online? Yeah, man. So, um, you know, LinkedIn is very easy. LinkedIn stories Ellers. Um, you know, like Google me. No, I'm yeah. <laughs> like I like I'm not, you know, that's probably that's probably my only social media presence, to be honest, man. Like after grad school and not awesome, holier than thou. Like I don't do Instagram, I don't do Twitter stuff. It's just like I know me, right? Yeah. And like my personality is very much like hyper focused. So if I got Twitter on my phone, like I'm I'm right there on black Twitter, like with the jokes. Like yeah. I'm there and I just <laughs> knew like I needed to kind of lock in, but really just, you know, LinkedIn. Connect with me, man. Let's talk analytics. Let's talk leadership. Let's talk management. Like I, you know, reach out. I mean, it's it's um it's it's how how we met, right? Like just yeah. just really putting yourself out there, 
I, I didn't have any agenda reaching right. out to you. I saw you were at all this, the Alterx conference, the sales kickoff. I was like, yo, let's link. It wasn't, it wasn't what can Seiko do for me? Yeah. What can I do for them? It was really awesome. Hey, you're in data. I'm in data. Like, let's just yeah. chop it up. And now a year later, we're still chopping it right. up. Right. It's That's super dope. cool. Yeah. It's super. super. Cool. So like, just hit me on LinkedIn. If you just want to chop it up, if you want, if you want to talk analytics, if you want to talk, whatever, that's where I'm at. Awesome. Y'all heard him. Uh, he started teaching. So if y'all got a workshop, y'all need somebody, hit him up. He going to teach. Uh, I'm going to get him get a YouTube channel at some point, too. He got a lot of information in their brain. We're going to get him more content outside of LinkedIn. So I'm working on him, y'all. Yeah, he's, he's doing his best, y'all. Yeah. Give me some grace. Give me some grace. All, right. All right, Stu, man. Appreciate you taking time out today. No doubt, bro. Love what you're doing. I appreciate it. And like I said in the beginning, if you haven't already, please like, share, and subscribe. And we'll talk to you all next week. Have a great one.